Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. He's helped me to transform, to be transformed into the image of God, which is God's purpose for my life. I have the faith now to be able to stand through anything that I go through. I know that I'm going to come out victorious on the other side because of what I've learned through this ministry. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Friday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today's going to be my last day teaching on living in God's best. I've been teaching on this for four weeks, and I've got a book out, a hardback copy of Living in God's Best. I also have CDs and DVDs, and today will be my last day to advertise this over our television program. And I would encourage you to get it. This is a powerful, powerful teaching. I've made mention of this a number of times through this series, but this is something that God has spoken to me. And if any of you have ever greeted me personally, if you've ever talked to me at a meeting or any place, and if you, you know, say, how are you? You've heard me say, I'm blessed. I have said this probably hundreds of times every day for decades. There's no telling how many thousands, tens of thousands of times I've said it, and I believe it. And I tell you, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. The more I speak it, the more I believe it. And I've seen the blessing of God manifest in my life, and God wants you to see it too. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath, that means it's already done, blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. You're already blessed. When you got born again, you've got the same blessing on you that's on Jesus because you are a joint heir with him. Romans chapter 8, verse 17 right there. We are heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. Everything that's true of Jesus is true of us. As he is, so are we in this world. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. If we were to really think about this, man, I tell you, most of us aren't living the way that we think Jesus would live in our situation. And it's because we don't see ourselves blessed the way that Jesus is. But we are blessed because of what he's done. And he didn't do these things for himself. He did it for us so that everything that he obtained is now available to us. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 says, For he, speaking of God, hath made him, Jesus, to be made sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Jesus became what we were so that we could become what he is. And that's awesome. I think nearly every person watching this program would admit that Jesus would probably do things better than what you're doing. He wouldn't be sick. He wouldn't be poor. He wouldn't be bitter. He wouldn't be angry. He wouldn't have all of these things. And yet we tolerate these things thinking, well, I'm only human. But see, you aren't only human. You've been born again. You're a brand new person. And now everything that Jesus is and has lives on the inside of you. And you could accept that. Today's my last day. And I tell you, I've really got we could just go on forever talking about all of these blessings of God. Here's one I wanted to point out out of Hebrews chapter 13. And in verse 5, it says, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. 
And there's other scriptures that go right along with this. Matthew chapter 28, verse 20 says, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. But did you know that this is one of the blessings of God that really became a revelation to me very early on in my walk with the Lord? I got born again when I was eight years old, and when I was 18, I had this miraculous encounter with the Lord where I was just caught up in the presence of God for four and a half months, and I could physically feel and sense the presence of God. And even though that was wonderful, it didn't last. I don't believe God wants us to live on just this physical, emotional plane. And when that physical feeling and the natural uh, awareness of His presence left me, I panicked and I got drafted and I got sent to Vietnam. And I spent 13 months in Vietnam just begging God to get back to that place where I was. And anyway, God began to teach me some things. And one of the things that he taught me was from Luke chapter 24. And this is where the disciples were going on the road to Emmaus after the resurrection of Jesus. And they were talking about They had heard the fact that Jesus had risen from the dead. They had heard the report, but they didn't believe it yet. And it said that Jesus himself came and and joined himself to him and walked with them for seven miles. You know, that's nearly a two-hour trip. And for two hours, Jesus walked with them, but it says their eyes were holding that they couldn't recognize him. Now, these were some of his disciples that had traveled with him all around. They knew him intimately, but they only knew him in the physical realm. They only knew him by physical, natural things. They hadn't learned who he was in the spirit. You know, when Jesus was here on this earth, the way that he presented himself was not truly him. He was, his body was like a veil that actually hid the true glory of God. And when he was on the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew chapter 17, what he did as he was worshiping the Lord, it's like he kind of drew the veil back for just a moment so that he could fellowship with his Father unhindered. And when he did, light radiated from him. And the disciples saw it, and they were just shocked and amazed. But did you know he was always like that? On the inside, when Jesus was born, you can read about it in Luke chapter 2, the angels sang and glorified him, Christ the Lord, at his birth. He didn't grow into being God. He was born God. But it was contained in a body, in a little tiny baby at first. And you know, that just spoke of weakness. It spoke of inability to feed himself to do all of this. To our natural minds, we, we, it's hard to see that this is God, this little tiny baby. But in his spirit, he was God from the beginning. And all throughout his earthly ministry, people saw his body. I'm sure he got tired. He got sweaty. He probably smelled like all of us do when we get sweaty. You know, they didn't stay in holiday inns or or uh, Hilton Inn and things like this. And I'm sure he didn't wash his hair every day and he probably had bad hair days. And, and you know, just in the natural, it says in Isaiah chapter 53 that there was no beauty in him, that we should desire him. There was no comeliness. There was nothing about Jesus in the natural realm that made him look like God. But in the spirit, he was God Almighty. And the disciples had known him by the physical things, but they didn't know him spiritually. And after he was raised from the dead, he wasn't in just a physical body anymore. He was in a spiritual body. Now, I'm not saying that it was only a vision because he said to him, touch me, 
feel me because the spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. Jesus had a physical body, but it was now a glorified physical body. It was actually a spiritual body. And it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, that the natural man can't understand the things of the spirit of God. They are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. Jesus, after his resurrection, was in a spiritual body that had to be spiritually discerned. And these two disciples on the road to Emmaus were operating in the natural. They were thinking carnally. And even though they saw him, even though they talked to him, they heard his words, they didn't perceive who he was at first. And finally, they constrained him to come in and spend the night with them. And while they were fixing food, he took the food and blessed it and break it just as he had done just three days before at the Last Supper. And in the breaking of bread, it says their eyes were open and they knew who he really was. This isn't talking about that their physical eyes were open. They didn't walk seven miles to Emmaus with their eyes closed. They weren't eating this meal and talking to Jesus with their physical eyes closed. When it says that their eyes were open, it was talking about the eyes of their heart. They finally saw with their heart. They recognized Jesus not through what he looked like, but through his mannerisms. He had broken bread. He had blessed it at the Last Supper, and here he was doing the same thing, and they finally recognized who he was. And in Luke chapter 24, the moment they recognized who he was, he vanished out of their sight. He was gone. Now, all of these things I'm saying have ministered to me powerfully because, like I was saying, I had this physical experience and I was looking for some other physical experience where I could just feel and perceive God without any faith. And the Lord, through this and through other things, spoke to me that He doesn't want me to live that way. You know, it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For they that come to Him must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. God wants us to live by faith. When Jesus came to this earth, he didn't come in some spectacular way. Did you know that God could have manifested the birth of his son in a way that would have just made the whole human race fall flat of our face? You know, he could have come on a space shuttle. He could have come in some spe spectacular way that would have just knocked people to their knees. But he came as a little baby. It took faith. I'm sure it took faith for, for Joseph and Mary to believe that this was really God because he looked so helpless. He didn't appear when he rose from the dead. He didn't appear unto Herod. He didn't appear unto Pilate. If it would have been me, first person I would have appeared to would have been Pilate. I'd have shook his bed, woke him up and said, Pilate, are your hands clean now? I would have gone to those people who blindfolded me and then spit in my face and slapped me and said, prophesy if you're the Christ. And I would have told them a few things. But see, that's not the way that God is. There is not a single instance recorded in Scripture of Jesus after his resurrection appearing to anybody who didn't already believe that he was the Messiah. You know, there was multitudes in Jerusalem. They saw him crucified. It was the big deal. Everybody saw it. Everybody was aware of this. All he would have had to have done is just resurrect from the dead and hover over Jerusalem and let people see him floating in the sky. And he could have forced everybody to acknowledge who he was. 
But again, Hebrews eleven six. without faith, it's impossible to please him. God is a God of faith. He will show us things. He will confirm things to us. He will help us. He's merciful to us with our unbelief, but he's trying to get us to that place of faith. That's what pleases him. God could have somebody, you know, a dog walk up to you and call your name every day and tell you exactly what you need to do. He could have a bird come sit on your shoulder and say, I love you every day and do that. God could do those things, but that's not faith. And so I'm saying all of this to say that it became a revelation to me that God will never leave me nor forsake me, that he's with me always. And I saw this in scripture and I started speaking this over myself. And I tell you, it has transformed my life just to know that I don't care whether I can see it, feel it, whether there's any evidence of it in the things that are going on around me. I believe that God never leaves me nor forsakes me. This is a blessing spoken over me. You know, if it was just by my performance, there's times that God would deserve to leave me. I mean, there's times that if he was giving me what I deserved, he ought to leave me. But it's a blessing of God that he has forgiven me and he will never leave me nor forsake me. God is never turning away from me. You know, before I understood this, when I was in Vietnam, there was a time that I actually was so disappointed with myself and the way that I was living that I just assumed that if I disliked myself, that God must dislike me much more. And I actually used to say this. I wrote it in letters home that, you know, I believe God has put me on the shelf. I believe that God's through with me. I believe God's had it with me. That's before I got a revelation. And man, when I became to this revelation that he will never leave me nor forsake me, I tell you, it changed my life. It changed me. I am absolutely confident of this. I believe that regardless of what I do, good, bad, or indifferent, God is never going to leave me. And I live my life with a consciousness that God is constantly with me. And not only does that encourage me and bless me to think that God Almighty, who's got a universe to run and billions of people crying out to him, and yet he's never, he never leaves, leaves me. He's always with me. He's always paying attention to the slightest thing that I have. That's just overwhelming. You know, there's an Old Testament passage that says, I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. And man, I am just amazed that God Almighty would stay with me. If I was God, I'm not sure I'd stay with me. There's times, man, I think I'd turn and walk away. And yet God never leaves me nor forsakes me. What a blessing. And you know what? This has been promised to every one of you who have made Jesus Christ your personal Lord. God never leaves you. I don't care what it's like. I know that right now I'm speaking to people all over the world. We have 3.6 billion people who could watch this program if they desired to. And I know that out of that number that there are probably millions of people that you are living in a bad situation. You're living in sin. You're living in poverty. You're living in sickness. You're living in depression, unforgiveness, and on and on and on. And if you could, you'd leave you. If you could, you'd get out of this situation. And yet here's God Almighty speaking through me and telling you that he's right there with you, that God loves you. And you might want some physical manifestation. Well, God, if you're here, prove yourself, show yourself, manifest. Again, God wants faith. 
He wants you to take what his word says. I'm telling you on the basis of the, of the authority of God's word that God has never left you. He never will leave you. He won't forsake you. There are some of you that think, well, at one time, yes, he was with me, but I've sinned so badly. No, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You can't go so far that God can't reach you. God is always with you. You know, if you really understood that, the scripture says there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and that's God. Jesus, the Holy Spirit is with us constantly, and he's always there. Just acknowledging his presence makes a difference. If you just don't feel like you're alone, if you don't feel like, God, I don't know what to do. I'm all by myself. What do I do? You are never by yourself. God is always with you. And if you just knew that, it would change your attitude. It would give you hope when everything in the natural looks hopeless if you just understood that he never leaves you. And not only would it bless you, but then, man, it would enable you to minister to other people. It would enable you to have hope for the future. I'm telling you, this has been huge in my life to believe that even though I can't see, taste, hear, smell, or feel God, I know that the Lord never leaves me nor forsakes me. And every once in a while, I become really aware of it. I was talking to somebody just yesterday, and you know, there's a scripture in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And I was just talking to somebody. We were sharing things about, you know, really hurts and things that had happened in his life, and he was sharing his story with me. And as I left and was driving home, the Lord reminded me of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, and showing me that his father, who there'd been a real problem between this guy and his father, and the Lord was just showing me that his father, who's now in heaven, he was a preacher, loved God, and now in heaven, that his father was watching and listening to this conversation and that his father was totally pleased with him now that he had passed to the other side and had a different perspective. And you know what? It just, it just amazes me when I'm aware that there's things going on in the unseen world that we can't see and that God is always with me. It gives me a boldness and a confidence. Matter of fact, that it, Scripture goes on to say that in Romans chapter 8. It says, you know, that if, if Jesus is the one who died for us, how could he be condemning us? He's not condemning us. And because of this, we have a boldness and a confidence to say that the Lord is on my side. I will not be afraid of what man will do unto me. My awareness of God being with me constantly has totally changed my evaluation of what I can do, not because of just me, but because I recognize that God is with me and in me and through me. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. It has changed my mindset. And I'm sharing these things with you because this is one of the great blessings in my life. It's, it's totally changed things. I used to be such an introvert, I couldn't look at a person in the face. And now I speak to millions of people on a daily basis. You know why? Because I believe that God is with me. I believe that God is empowering me to do things that I can't do on my own. And I just want to share this with you today, that regardless of who you are, if you don't know Jesus personally, you can. And the moment you make a commitment of your life to the Lord, then you 
come under this blessing that He will never leave you nor forsake you, that He'll be with you always, even unto the end of the world. And if you are born again, well, then this is yours. According to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, He's already blessed you. It's already done. He's with you. He will never leave you. He's always there. But you have to acknowledge His presence. In uh, Philemon chapter 1, verse 6, Paul was praying for his friend Philemon, and he says, I pray that the communication of your faith would become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. He didn't say, I'm praying that your faith would begin to work by you getting something new, by God doing a new work, giving you a second touch, uh, you know, imparting something new unto you. He said, no, by you acknowledging what you already have in Christ Jesus. And the truth is that God is with all of us. He never leaves us nor forsakes us, but it doesn't do us any good if we don't acknowledge it. And said, you can tell by our lives that most of us go through life not acknowledging the presence of God. If you were really thinking about that God is with you every minute of every day, you wouldn't read some of the things that you read. You wouldn't listen to some of the music that you listen to. You wouldn't watch some of the programs that you watch. You wouldn't do many of the things that you do. Having a knowledge that God is with you not only blesses you and encourages you and emboldens you, but it also will discipline you if you acknowledge that God is with you. Is this someplace that I want to take God? Are these thoughts that I want to expose Him to? See, if you would think that way, it would just transform your life. I tell you, this is big. This is bigger than what I've been able to say today, but... I wanted to share this with you because this has made a huge impact in my life, just understanding that God will never leave me nor forsake me, regardless how bad I get. God has committed Himself to me, and He will never violate His Word. Same thing is true of you. And if you truly understood that, man, it would just make the love of God abound in your life. You know, some of you may have had mates that divorced you, and maybe you deserved it. Maybe you caused problems, and you've been beating up on yourself. But you know what? Regardless of what you've done, God's never going to leave you. He'll never forsake you. Your best friend could have turned away from you. Your children could have turned away from you. But God will never turn away from you. You need to think about that today. You need to speak this blessing over yourself and say, Father, thank you that you are with me, that you'll never leave me nor forsake me. And you need to ask him to help you give help give you a revelation of what you really have, what that means to you, what this means in your life. And if you got the full revelation of that, I guarantee it would transform you. I'm out of time again today, and let me remind you that this is the end of my series teaching on living in God's best. And I've got a book out, a hardback copy, and uh, we also have CDs and also DVDs. Our announcer is going to give you all this information. Remember, today's my last day to promote this. So if you're going to receive these materials, we need you to please call or write today. This would be a blessing to you. Andrew's entire series, Living in God's Best, is available as a book in either English or Spanish, as a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast, or as a CD or DVD album recorded live from a Gospel Truth seminar. You can also get this teaching as a companion study guide. The study guide will deepen your personal understanding and is perfect for home groups or Sunday schools. Each of these valuable resources are available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. 
This entire series is also available for audio download absolutely free from our website. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. The individual topic highlighted on today's broadcast is available as an audio CD for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. This is the last day we'll be offering this teaching, so be sure to respond today. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. Or you can call our helpline at 719-635-1111. Our helpline is open Monday through Friday, 24 hours a day, and Saturday and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Mountain Time. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. We'd like to point out Andrew's upcoming speaking schedule. Mark your calendars to come meet Andrew at one of these events and let the Word of God transform your life. In March, Andrew will be speaking in Oklahoma City and El Reno, Oklahoma. Then come join Andrew in Woodland Park for our annual Karis Bible College Men's Advance. Guest speakers at this event include Hall of Fame and Super Bowl winning coach Tony Dungy, along with James Brown, Emmy Award winning broadcaster on the CBS and NFL networks, and the CEO of Andrew Womack Ministries and Karis Bible College, Billy Epperhart. And in April, Andrew will be hosting a special Easter season production titled God With Us in Woodland Park, Colorado. God With Us is the original love story of a passionate God on a relentless quest to rescue his people. Also in April, Andrew will be in Woodland Park to host the annual Karis Bible College Campus Days. For more details on Andrew's next meeting in your area, visit our website at awmi.net. I want to let you know that when you support Andrew Womack Ministries, that we also support a lot of other ministries. We actually started the Springs Rescue Mission that is now the largest distributor of food and clothing and furniture in all of Colorado Springs. We've got ministries to orphans. We've got ministry to children that have been caught in the sex trade. Uh, we support uh, pregnancy centers, have actually lowered the abortion rate in Colorado to one of the lowest in the nation. And there's just a lot of things we do. So when you support here, you are helping us reach people all over the world. God has provided healing in His atonement just as much as He provided forgiveness of sins. There's something about pressing against something and believing that it's possible before we see it in the natural. Grace enables us to do what only Jesus can do. It's the enabling presence, the enabling power of God.
Hello, this is Andrew Womack, and I'd like to encourage you to check out our Gospel Truth TV. You are going to be blessed. So check it out. It's 24-7, gospeltruth.tv.